So I want to start uh, by telling a little story here. So it, it's been a really, really busy season uh, for my family. Uh, as most of you know, we recently purchased a home, and um, you know when you pack all your things in boxes and realize all the things that you have that you don't need, and all of that brings craziness. And uh, there's been a lot going on at the church. Work's been kind of busy, projects and deadlines and all that stuff. And so, um, and a whole host of other things that have just made for a really kind of hectic and crazy schedule. And so, it's been a little overwhelming at times. And those of you that were at Deeper Still earlier this month um, have already heard this, but as I was driving from work to Deeper Still that night, the Lord spoke and just kind of gave me a pretty awesome reminder. So, as I was driving, I was just a little stressed out, a little you know, on edge or whatever, just crazy. And uh, so I just started praying in the Spirit. I was just looking, seeking God, just praying in the Spirit, just trying to find kind of peace and kind of quiet my mind from all the busyness. And as I was driving, uh, it was, I think, J Road. So there's a lot of beautiful trees that kind of overhang the road. And as I'm driving along, kind of up ahead, a, a tree, you know, a few, a few trees up, I saw a single yellow leaf just fall from the center of the tree and it just fell right to the center of the road. And it it was odd. It, you don't see yellow leaves in the middle of June with green everywhere. And so it caught my eye. And then immediately, like, the, the, the leaf hit the ground, and then the Lord spoke. And he just said this. He just said, I am in all seasons. I am in all seasons. And that just really touched my heart. And, and it was an awesome reminder. I think sometimes we forget that He's always there. He's always there. We let the business of life overwhelm. We stop seeing or at times even maybe stop looking for Jesus. And so I continued to drive to the church. And after I got here, the Lord um, impressed upon me this verse. And that's, uh, or series of verses. It's Proverbs 3, 1 through 10. And it says this, My son, do not forget my teaching. But let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so that you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all of your produce, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Doesn't that sound wonderful? It sounds wonderful to me. Length of days, years of life and peace, favor and good repute, straight paths healing and refreshment plenty and overflow that's good stuff guys and that's God's word and his word is truth so all of this is available to us all of it so why is it that so often we don't feel like we're in this place we don't feel at peace or like we have favor we don't feel like our paths are straight feels like we're wandering all over the place. doesn't feel like we have plenty. 
I think the answer in part is found in the Scripture. We have to acknowledge God. It says to acknowledge God in all of our ways. So do we do that? I know I'm guilty of not doing that sometimes. I allow the busyness of life to overwhelm or let circumstances get the best of me. But just as Jesus reminded me with a single yellow leaf falling in the middle of June, the Scripture reminds us that God is always there. He's in every season, in every circumstance, every high, every low, at the mountaintop and in the valley. He's there if we just acknowledge Him, if we just look for Him. So what does it mean to acknowledge Him? I looked up the definition of this word. And the word in this uh, passage for acknowledge is yada. It means to know, to perceive, to discriminate or distinguish, to recognize, admit, acknowledge, confess, to consider. To know Jesus, to perceive Jesus, distinguish him, confess him, consider him in all of our ways, in everything we do. Guys, if we have our eyes on Jesus, the awesome things listed in those scriptures are a byproduct. When we seek Him, those things just come about naturally. Uh, Craig and Taryn Herbert were with us last week, and Taryn had shared this with our teens. But there's a few ways that we can know something. There's knowing something in our head, you know, head knowledge. And we can know lots of stuff. We can know about Jesus. We can know Scripture. But we can also know Jesus and know Scripture in our heart. That's where knowing has an impact on our lives. Just knowing something, you know, intellectually doesn't always impact us, but if we believe it, if we know it in our heart and we believe it, that's where it changes our life. That's where acknowledging God makes our path straight. Not just knowing here, but knowing here. Sometimes we know in our head, but we've not let it sink in and grab a hold of our hearts. Jesus says, know me, yada me, But when things get crazy, instead of knowing Jesus in our heart, we say, yeah, Lord, okay, I know, I know, I know, yada, yada, yada. I remember what you said, what your word says. But look what I'm facing. Look at all the barriers. Look at all the roadblocks. Look at all the things. But do we really want the truth of God in our hearts? Do we want to see the promises of God in our lives? If we do, we need to acknowledge Him. We need to know Him. We need to yada Him, not yada, yada, yada Him. He's not a fan of that. And it doesn't help us. Right? So as I thought on just this scripture and acknowledging God, it reminded me of those old uh, WWJD bracelets from the 90s, right? Everybody remember those? All right, who had one? Be honest. Yeah, all right. There's a few honest people in the room. <clears throat> so what would Jesus do, right? It was super popular. And I, and I like that idea in some ways. It, 
It reminds us to think about God's Word, His character, and His heart. What would He do in this situation? It's not a bad thing, but I I do have one small issue with that. What would Jesus do implies that He's not around. We don't have to wonder what He would do. Because he's, where, he's here with us. He's alive. I prefer W-I-J-D. What is Jesus doing? Because guys, we serve an active living God. We can ask Him. We can look and we can see. He's always working in our lives and guiding us and growing us. So I just want to take a, few, uh, take a look at a few examples of this. One in uh, the Old Testament and one in the New Testament. So let's look at Numbers 9, 15 through 19 here really quickly. So Numbers 9, 15 through 19 says, Now on the day that the tabernacle was erected, the cloud covered the tabernacle, the tent of the testimony, and then in the evening it was like the appearance of fire over the tabernacle until morning. So it was continuously. The cloud would cover it by day and the appearance of fire by night. Whenever the cloud was lifted from over the tent, afterward the sons of Israel would then set out. And in the place where the clouds settled down, there the sons of Israel would camp. At the command of the Lord, the sons of Israel would set out, and at the command of the Lord, they would camp. As long as the clouds settled over the tabernacle, they remained camped. Even when the cloud lingered over the tabernacle for many days, the sons of Israel would keep the Lord's charge and not set out. So in this case, the Israelites acknowledged what God was doing. He, he was leading them very specifically, and they saw that, and they followed very precisely. We don't always do that, though, right? Sometimes the cloud's over here, and we're off somewhere else. But they got it right in that case. Now let's take a look at Matthew eight twenty three through 27. It says this, When he got into the boat, His disciples followed him, and behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being covered with the waves, but Jesus himself was asleep. And they came to him and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid, you men of little faith? Then he got up, he rebuked the winds and the sea, and it became perfectly calm. And the men were amazed. And said, what kind of man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? Now, obviously, the disciples had seen other things before this, so it shouldn't have been a surprise. But they were surprised anyway, I don't know. So, in this case, the disciples failed to acknowledge what Jesus was doing. They saw the wind and the waves and they became afraid, but they failed to see what Jesus was doing. What was he doing? He was asleep. He was at peace. Friends, how often do we do the same thing? Jesus is completely at peace. He's asleep. He's resting. And we don't see that. We see the wind and the waves and we freak out. We allow the wind and waves of life to take our eyes off of Jesus. We acknowledge the storm and fail to acknowledge the God that we serve that's bigger than the storm. When Jesus is at rest, we can be at rest. When He's at peace, we can be at peace. If Jesus doesn't fear, 
we need not fear. We just have to keep our eyes on Him. But we all have this happen sometimes. We all lose sight of Jesus. We all fail to acknowledge Him. And I'm guilty of that as well. I have a little confession slash testimony here. I rob myself of God's peace at times as we were buying our new home that I was just sharing about because I failed to see what he was doing. It started with the first home that we decided to put an offer on. We fell in love with it, but our offer was beat out by another offer, and it wasn't a matter of money. The other offer came in waiving their right for, for inspection objection. And basically what that means is no matter what happens from the inspection, if the roof was shot, the foundation was bad, they had no opportunity to back out. I certainly wasn't willing to match that. I think that's foolish. And uh, honestly, even if I wanted to, I wasn't given the opportunity. You know, and so as a result of that, we were really bummed out. But we carried on the search. We continued to run across the same sort of thing. The market was very moving very quickly. Homes would be on the market for 24 hours or less. Quite literally, we'd go look at something in the morning, and by the afternoon, it was gone. And so we didn't put in offers on any of those other homes, you know, as we went through this process, because our agent would find out about more of the same. Waiving rights, um, offers 30, 40,000 over asking, just crazy stuff. And it, and it got to be very discouraging, uh, very discouraging. The process became very heavy, and I say we, but really I. My wife was like, she's a rock star. <clears throat> so, but then we came across our home that we have now, and we'd seen another one in the same with the same floor plan in the same neighborhood earlier in our search, but it was already under contract when we'd gone to see it, so we didn't have an opportunity. But when we f- found this one, we said, "Oh, great! We loved this home the first time, but it was already gone. Let's let's go let's go in on this one." So. You know, we loved it. There was already one offer in hand. They're having an open house later that day. They're expecting multiple offers. So we just went all in. And we put in an, ask, uh, an offer of, of about 10000 over asking. And later that day, we found out that our offer was accepted. And surprisingly, the other offer that they had in hand backed out. And the open house yielded no other offers. So we were it. And we were so happy because the home buying process is terrible. But... <laughs> It just, it's just it's stressful. But anyway, we, we were so happy. But then I, I couldn't sit in that happiness. I immediately said, well, now I paid too much. Why did I do that? You know? So the, so the joy of that moment was fleeting. And as you carry on in the process, there's several other points where either party can back out. And um, the home inspection went well, so no issues there. And But then we got to the appraisal. And the home appraisal came back low. And that's an opportunity that the seller can say, eh, no, we're just going to back out. So again, I allowed worry in and I, you know, I just was thinking, not again. I don't want to start this over. I wasn't at peace. I, I wasn't full of joy. I wasn't acknowledging God. I wasn't acknowledging God. I realized that I was allowing circumstance and worry in. And I finally, you know, came around and So I stopped and I just prayed and I said, Lord, I trust you. I know you've got this. If not this home, then another one, Lord. And I just gave it to him. And then I found peace and I had joy. And then I began to see what Jesus was doing. 
You know, there wasn't a, a cloud or a cloud of fire, or but he was leading. He was directing us to where he wanted us to be. In the word it says that he appoints the times and the places that we should live, and he was doing just that. The crazy offers, the people waving their rights, he was doing what he needed to do, because I'm a little thick-headed sometimes, to, to guide us to where he wanted us to be. And praise God that even when we don't get it, even when we don't see it, he's still good. He's still so good. So he guided us to the right home. He removed the competition, which should have brought peace. <laughs> he assured that we didn't overpay. The, the appraisal came in low. So not only did we not pay 10K over, but we actually ended up paying 10K under asking. We prayed for a means to purchase new beds for our girls because they had shared a room and had some rickety bunk beds that were a little scary. <clears throat> and, you know, so we just prayed for a means to do that. And our lender gave us $2,000 in credits towards closing. Just because. Enough for new beds and other new home needs. And then just before closing, they said, oh, our original estimate on fees was high, so... Actually, you know, you don't have to bring as much to the table as you thought. Guys, God is so good. He is so good. He is so faithful. He always is. And when we fail to acknowledge Him and what He is doing, we rob ourselves, guys. We rob ourselves of joy and peace and straight paths. And I love how Jesus likes to punctuate His point sometimes, really get it to sink in. About a week or so after closing, we received another check in the mail for like five more dollars because we'd still overpaid somehow. You know? He's like, do you get it now? <laughs> but friends, I share this story for two reasons. One, it's an opportunity for learning. Learn from my mistakes. <laughs> Trust God. Acknowledge Him. You know, don't, 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 don't rob yourselves of His promises and His peace. But just also to... To, to show just how faithful and good he is. You know, don't allow the busyness of life or circumstance or roadblocks or fear or anything to take our eyes off of Jesus. You know, let's acknowledge him in all of our ways. And, and all in that scripture really means all, but there's a few that I wanted to highlight uh, from this scripture in Proverbs 3. <clears throat> Proverbs 3, 1 and 2 says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. So we have to acknowledge God's word. We want peace and we want straight paths. And Jesus has given us a roadmap to just that. <clears throat> we just need to remember his teaching and keep it in our hearts. We want his peace, but sometimes we forget his teaching. And there's a part for us to play in receiving it. It's not a works thing. Again, it's that seeking God and the, and the byproduct thing. But Isaiah 48, 17 and 18 says this. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord, your God, who teaches you to profit, who leads you in the way you should go. Oh, that you had paid attention to my commandments. Then peace would have been like a river and your righteousness like waves of the sea. Had you paid attention, then your peace would have been like a river. There's a part for us to play. Philippians 4, 4-7 says this, 
Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I will say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Rejoice in the Lord always. Be anxious for nothing and pray. And then the peace of God will come. If and then. If we acknowledge Him, if we keep His commandments and rejoice in Him and communicate with Him, pray to Him, then we receive His peace. We've got to remember, even when things look crazy, we can still rejoice in Him. We, we are called to rejoice in Him. And when we do, we're going to find peace. It, it, it surpasses all understanding because it doesn't make sense, but it's true, guys. When we acknowledge Him and we seek Him and we do these things and we rejoice in Him, this miraculous peace just comes because we're trusting in something bigger than us. We also need to acknowledge Him as our provider. There's such a peace to be found in trusting Him as provider that it's not on us and that we can trust Him with our giving. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 says this, Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. The first of all of our produce. That, that word for produce is tevu'ah if I'm pronouncing that right. (laughs) And it means revenue, product, income, or gain. This verse says to honor him from our wealth and the first of our produce. Not the last, not the leftovers, but the first. Another important word to understand here is wealth. When we see the word wealth, what do we generally think? Excess, right? Riches. More than enough. Well, the word here for wealth is han. And it does mean wealth and riches, but it it also means enough and sufficiency. We don't honor God with our leftovers or excess. He provides enough. He provides sufficiently. And at the end of the day, guys, He provides it all. It's all His. He just asks that we honor Him with the tithe, with a tenth of what He's given us. The first tenth and not the last And it's not about God needing our money. It's about God wanting us to demonstrate our trust in Him. It's about acknowledging Him. It's about acknowledging Him as our source and provider. Hawk shared this verse last week. Malachi 3, 10 and 11. And it says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house and test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. Then I will rebuke the devourer for you, so that it will not destroy the fruits of the ground, nor will your vine in the field cast its grapes, says the Lord of hosts. Do we want peace in our finances? Then we need to acknowledge God as our provider. We have to trust Him. And we have to play a part in it as well. Notice again the if and then here. And again, this isn't a formulaic thing. This is a byproduct of seeking Him and trusting Him. But, you know, when we trust Him with the whole tithe, then He will open up the windows of heaven. That's what the Word says. 
and he'll rebuke the devourer. Guys, God is faithful and he's trustworthy. When we acknowledge him in our giving, we can have such a tremendous amount of peace. If we were to lose our job and our provision is all about us and it's all on us, it's easy to have fear and worry and heaviness. But if we're to lose our job and we acknowledge that Jesus is our source, we can be at peace. We can actually be excited for what the Lord has next because we know he has good things for us. When we trust Jesus for our provision, circumstance has no power over us. There's no such thing as an unexpected expense. God knows all things. Appliances break, cars need servicing, things happen, but it's no surprise to him. He's not surprised by it. He knows, and we can trust him to provide for it. And the last one I want to touch on is in regard to acknowledging God is, is the leading of his Holy Spirit. Proverbs 3, 6 says, In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. As we walk out our faith and our journey in life, he guides us. We just have to acknowledge it. It may not be a cloud or you know, a, a pillar of fire or the audible booming voice of Sean Connery, as Mark would love to hear, or even the soothing audible voice of Morgan Freeman, but you have to trust that he's guiding you. I've talked to, to so many people that have said they don't hear God. And every time I say, I don't believe you. <laughs> God's always speaking. And there's another reason I don't believe too, and I'll share that in a minute, but I just think they haven't acknowledged that it's him speaking. He's speaking. They just haven't acknowledged it. Hearing from God and the guiding of the Holy Spirit is vital to our walk, but it's not something that we all pick up on quickly. I had a time when I didn't feel like I heard from the Lord, and it took time to understand that He was speaking to me and how, um, to realize that God can speak in many ways. For me, personally, it's generally in pictures that He places into my mind, things like that that He shows me, and in thoughts. And it's easy to mistake those thoughts as our own. But I, I learned over time that he'd been speaking to me for a long, long time. I just thought I was it was me, you know. I failed to acknowledge it was him. So John ten twenty seven says this, and this is also why I don't I don't believe people when they say this. John ten twenty seven says, My sheep hear my voice. And I know them and they follow me. Guys, we are a sheep. So we do hear his voice. We have to believe that. God's word is true. We just have to acknowledge it. Mark often says that if we even suspect it is God speaking, we should act on it. Error on the side of, of believing that it's God. For me, there's a, there's a few ways that I've, I've kind of learned to discern when he's speaking. The first is, is what I'm discerning is God speaking. Is it in alignment with his word? The second is if what I'm discerning that he's speaking, is that in alignment with his character and his heart? And the last one is what he is speaking, is it really good and super smart? I'm so serious because I'm not that smart. 
like the Lord says things and reveals things and shows me things that I could have never thought of. So if it's like super smart or, or uh, just really, really good, I'm like, that's good, Lord. That's not me. Even if you're smart, you know, like don't give yourself too much credit. <laughs> God is smarter. And He's speaking to you. It's not just your thoughts rattling around in there. I know there's a lot of the guys that I work with that think I'm like some kind of genius. They they have a hard time fixing a problem on a machine or something, and they call me out, and within few, a few minutes I've got it fixed. And they're just like, wow. And I'm like, it's just the Lord. Truly, like, I, I won't know anything about the problem. I'll just walk out, and I'll hear the Lord say, look over here, or what about this? And sure enough, that's it. It's not because I'm awesome. It's because God cares about every aspect of our lives. Even the things that we think are small or or minute, He cares about them all. He's guiding us and He's leading us by His Spirit if we acknowledge Him. We've got a part to play. And that part to play is simply to follow. Follow the truth of His Word. Follow the leading of His Spirit. Trust in Him with all that we have and all that we are. Jesus has a straight path for us to walk if we don't trust in our own understanding and we acknowledge Him. Then that path becomes clear. We have length of days, we have years of life, and we have peace. We have favor and good repute. Straight paths and healing and refreshment. Plenty and overflow. So guys, let's acknowledge him. And let's grab a hold of those things. And all the other promises in his word.